This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 321, How to Give Your Child the Gift of Bank on Yourself with Amanda Neely. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your host, certified financial planner Mark Willis, invites you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to this week's episode. Hey, you know, there's a meme going around the internet. I've been seeing it on the interwebs lately, uh, where this father, I assume, lays out a stack of cash worth $10,000 in front of his three-year-old boy. And then next to that stack of money, he gives his boy a choice. He can either take the $10,000 or he can take two Oreo cookies that he's laid right next to that stack of cash. All right. So again, three-year-old boy, guess which of those options the boy chooses. Of course, the cookies were gone in like 10 seconds. And so the father took back the $10,000. Imagine how many cookies he could have bought with that money. Now, many of us might be thinking, oh, wow, how silly, how adorable for that three-year-old. But let's bring it a little closer to home, all right? Now imagine you are an 18-year-old and you have a choice. You can either spend $100 on something you want right now, think back to what you were buying when you were 18 years old, or you can invest that $100 in a strategy that will grow your money for the rest of your life, tax-free, even guaranteed. Which one of those options would you choose? If you're like me, if you're like most young adults, you might be tempted to go for the instant gratification, just the same as that three-year-old boy. But what if I told you that by choosing the second option, you could create a financial legacy that would last for generations? That is the power of banking on yourself, a strategy that uses dividend-paying whole life insurance to build real wealth. And today, I have a certified financial planner and a bank-on-yourself professional colleague of mine who will share with you how she's helping young adults get started with this strategy to not grab the cookies, but to put that money into things that help them achieve their financial goals. So I had a great time interviewing Amanda Neely. Amanda is a certified financial professional. She's a bank on yourself professional, which means she's got the expertise and experience in helping people create their own source of financing using, yes, dividend paying whole life insurance policies. She has a passion for helping individuals, couples, and entrepreneurs find their unique path to financial freedom. She shared with me some amazing stories of how she helped her clients achieve their financial goals using this very strategy. She also gave me some valuable tips and insights on how to start a bank on yourself policy as a young adult. And also, this is really cool, how to give the gift of bank on yourself to your children. So we'll talk about some of those stories and experiences Amanda has had in helping parents set up policies for their children and why they would want to do such a thing. Why get life insurance on your kids, for goodness sakes. So we talk about how the parent, in this case, was able to encourage his kids not just to take the money, the Oreos, but to really build generational wealth. Not just eating cookies, but beginning to build something that would last their entire lifetime. So as you guys might know, she is a recurring guest. Amanda is a friendly, knowledgeable, and inspiring person. I'm sure you're going to enjoy listening to her. If you want to learn more about Amanda, you can reach out to her at her website, which is wealthwisdomfp.com. Take it away, Amanda. Amanda, welcome back to the show. 
Thanks for having me again, Mark. It's always a pleasure to be here. It is a pleasure always to have you on and you are a regular repeat guest. I will make sure here in a minute to have all the episodes up so that everyone listening can go back and listen to the full back catalog, the A-sides and the B-sides with Amanda Neely. Catch us up. How's everything going? Tell us about Wealth Wisdom Financial Partners. Yeah, things are going super well here. We've had an amazing 2023 so far, and it's looking better and better as we look toward the future. Our little guy is starting kindergarten this fall, which is just so much fun. And it's almost like our business is at that level too, because right, we started just before he was born. And to be five years in is just, it just keeps getting better and better. You have been on our podcast, I think four times at least, plus more if you count the expert panels that you've been on. So guys, go way back to episode 62, where Brandon and Amanda were talking about the FIRE movement. And search our our website, which is nyafinancialpodcast.com. Click the search button. Just type Amanda Neely's name in. She has talked to me about the nightmare scenarios of the world economy. And honestly, it was quite prescient, some of what you were talking about. Amanda, back in the day, and that was way back in episode 113. So we're talking four or five years ago at this point. Anyway, so I am so glad to have you here, if nothing else, so you can tell us what's going to happen the next five years. But um, before we pull out the crystal ball, I want you to share with us a bit about what brought us to this episode today. You were sharing with me just sort of in our discussions, a conversation you had with a client. Would you mind relaying that to the audience? Yeah, a lot of my clients who have teenagers or young adult children ask me, how can I pass along this revolutionary information to them? When's the right time? What's the best idea? And I love to tell them about an idea that a client actually gave me. He asked me to do this and it worked out so well that I now just, I'm like, how about let's start here? And then what variation of this would you like to do, right? As, as I talked to other people. And he basically, he had a daughter that was about to turn 18 and then another daughter that was going to turn 18 about a year later and then another one two or three years later that was going to turn 18. And they had saved up birthday money, holiday gifts. They had a little cushion to help them through college or into adulthood. And he wanted to help them too. So he said, how about I introduce them to you? You jump on Zoom. They've been using Zoom for school anyway. They know how to do it. They're comfortable there. And explain to them what is this bank and yourself thing and how it works and give them a basic primer and ask them if they want to do it. And if they like it and they want to do it and they're willing to put some of their savings into it, I'll match dollar for dollar what they put in, which is a fabulous idea. And they plan to work through college as well. So then they could save up a little bit as they worked their work study program or their summer jobs, those kind of things. And they could keep funding it even while they're going through school. And he would keep matching as long as they keep working, they keep getting good grades, they keep going, they'd get that free money from dad. And it turned out, I loved the idea. I loved starting these young women off at 18 with such a uninterrupted compound interest that they could have for the rest of their lives. But what I found was that the best benefit was that They got someone not too much older than them um, who they could talk to and come to with financial questions. And I basically get to be an ally with them along their financial journey. One of them is now, I think, a junior in college or about to graduate, move on with her career. And I just I'm so excited when she gets that first 
job and she's like, okay, do I take the 401k match? Do I not? How do I do this paperwork? What should I be thinking about? And on to, you know, buying her first home, having kids, maybe all the things that are going to come out up throughout her life. And I get to be there with her along the journey. And it's, that's like such a privilege and an honor to do that. And that's something I wish I would have had when I was 18. Absolutely. Man, the profound wisdom and the ability to save yourself years and decades of pain and misery when you're listening to, when you're able to listen to another person who's not your parent. Is it Mark Twain who said, when I was 19 years old, my father knew nothing, but by the time I turned 23, it was amazing how much my father had learned in just four years. Uh, so something like that, you know, I think most parents are realizing that our children are going to go through a phase where they may or may not have all the ears in the world for our advice. But if we can bring in an Amanda Neely, maybe, just maybe, they'll listen to Amanda and then follow through with the policy. So tell us again. So the dad had the intention to to talk to his children about the bank on yourself concept. And for those who don't know what bank on yourself is, maybe just tell everyone quickly, what is bank on yourself as a concept and as a tool? Yeah, it's a safe wealth building strategy that is built on dividend paying, high cash value, whole life insurance, which is a mouthful. So it's part of why we call it bank on yourself, which is a trademark that was created by Pamela Yellen. Awesome. She's someone that we both look up to and she's mentored us in our businesses. So, uh, okay. So these whole life contracts designed the bank on yourself way would be established by dad or by the daughter or a combination of both when they turned 18. Tell us again, the steps that the father had in mind here. So if it's kind of a, you're 18 now, you're an adult, it's time for you to make some financial decisions to start thinking about those things. Let me introduce you to Amanda. And he didn't tell them that he would match what they would do. He wanted them to understand the concept, not knowing what money would be involved coming their way. So I would go through, um, I actually have this really great presentation where I go through how debt works and how interest is charged on debt and what the true cost of buying that car is, right? And then compare that with how savings in a traditional savings account works and the true growth of that savings and how it's very different than the interest that you pay on the car loan. But also it gets interrupted anytime you might use that savings to say buy the car, right? And then compare that with, well, what about a brokerage account? You know, let's follow the S&P 500. Let's see what the volatility looks like and how that impacts not saving, but investing, right? Two different things. And then I say, well, could there be something different than saving in a bank account or investing and we get to then open up well this is how banking yourself works and how it's a little different than those things and what it could do and there it's fun to see like the light bulbs go off in those conversations because we're not on zoom i get to actually see them yeah. and then they start asking questions well how much do i have to put in what what does this look like and we start talking about the flexibility and how as life changes, they've got certain limits, but also certain advantages, of, you know, things like that. And then they decide, okay, this is how much I want to put in. We're going to schedule an application. We're going to move forward. You got to do the medical exam, all those things. And while they're going through that process, the dad lets them know, here's what I'm going to do for you. So that they're doing it because they want to do it, that they understand why and how it works and all those things. And then he comes in and says, okay, now I'm going to add this to what you're doing which is a beautiful thing. And so they're the owner, they're the controller of the policy, 
one of the things he set up through his own wishes is that he is going to be the beneficiary of the policy until they have another kind of beneficiary, maybe a spouse or a child or something like that, because he's going to be putting half of the premium or so in, at least for a while. And they've agreed to do that. They have that father-daughter bond set up. Mm. And so far, it's been working out really great. Well, so, you know, in essence, he's helping them first with their education, not just giving them a bunch of money, but introducing them to you who can then mentor them into a new way of thinking. I think that's, first of all, that's genius. I assume by now you've maybe had at least a conversation or two with the daughters. What's that been like? How do you broach the subject of life insurance for someone who's 18? Like they're thinking about buying a car or going to college or, you know, spending it. What are the kids spending yeah. money on these days? Who knows, <laughs> Furbies? I don't know. Anyway, what is the what is the reaction like when an 18-year-old hears that they need to get life insurance of all things? Yeah, I've actually done this with a few families already. And I want to tell you maybe two different families that how it's been different. So one of the things about this original family where this client told me this is what he wants to do and it worked out so well, is these daughters had been already taught to save. They had been saving a portion of every birthday cash gift that they'd gotten, right? Every holiday where the grandparents had given them 100 bucks, they'd set aside some of it. They were already savers. So it was really easy to say, okay, let's continue that saving, right? You're going to be working through college. You're going to have those summer jobs. Keep saving your percentage. Each year, we'll see how much you've collected, and we'll use that to pay the premium. It was really easy because they had already been taught that by their dad and their mom and their grandparents, right? They'd seen that modeled for them from who knows how young, probably from birth. <laughs> Love it. Um, Love for it. this family. That's so cool. Now, another family, they hadn't seen that modeled. The daughters didn't really have a lot of savings set up already. They were still going to work through college to learn adulting and responsibility that way and kind of take their time through college. And what was great is then we had a conversation about, well, how much can you save now of what you're doing? How much do you want to enjoy life? One of the things I tell every 18 and 22-year-old and 52-year-old that I talk to is the sooner you can figure out the balance between enjoying life now and saving so you can make sure you can enjoy life later, the more you'll be head and shoulders above your peers. Because so many people go throughout their entire lives still trying to figure out how to prioritize those two, and they're constantly struggling. But if you can set some parameters, figure that out, you're going to be able to avoid a lot of stress <laughs> as, yeah. as you go. And so this other family, these daughters were like, yeah, we kind of want to enjoy life a little more right now. We're not 100% sure how much we're going to be making and the jobs that we have through college. So they actually decided to buy some term insurance and get used to that little monthly payment going into their term insurance. And with the idea that in four or five years when they're done with college, they're able to get a better job, make some more money, and they can convert that term into a true bank and yourself designed whole life policy. And because they've had that regular 40, 50 bucks a month go into the term, it's a lot easier to jump to the 250, 300, whatever it ends up being each month going into the bank and yourself type policy. And it's starting to build that muscle for them. Each family comes with their own financial story, what they've lived through, what they hope to see coming in the next several years. And then we get to custom design the policies, the strategy for them based on that. Amanda, why do you believe insurance contracts provide any unique advantage here as a place for the kids to save money? 
Yeah, it's really the uninterrupted compound interest um, with savings. Anytime you make a withdrawal to go buy the major things of life, you break the compounding. Mm. The same thing with a brokerage account. Anytime that stock goes down, right, you're breaking the compounding. It could happen several times a day. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's all paper wealth, any of the growth that you get until you actually sell it as well. So this gives them a place that I like to call it foundational wealth, that they're building a foundation that can take them through all the things of life. Hopefully they stay in really great health and they never touch the death benefit for many, 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 many decades. But in the meantime, all the things of life they can do, they can actually enjoy, they can buy that car, they can do the down payment on the home without breaking any compounding. Yeah. Or worrying about what's the value going to be on the day they decide to make the purchase. There's a, a certain piece to this, too. In terms of engineering the policy, you mentioned that dad's going to cover half and the daughter's going to cover half. One thing that I'd like you to talk to us about are what's the engineering of the policy such that we're able to afford some flexibility for dad and then ultimately for the daughter? Yeah. So um, this is one of the things I love about the Bank on Yourself Revolution book that was written by Pamela Yellen. She has a great chapter in there where she goes, breaks down the structure and she uses a sailboat analogy, which for those loyal listeners to the Not Your Average Financial podcast, you might have recognized a sailboat on the podcast image art. Well, that's that deep if, cuts here. Yeah, <laughs> right? great stuff. Um, it's coming from the structure, right? So the hull of the boat is the base of the policy, the actual whole life base contract. And then we add certain riders to it, like a sailboat has a mast that's a little bit of term insurance. And the sailboat has a sail that's actually called a paid up additions rider. And what I love about the analogy is that the mast, the term rider, not very pretty, but it's there for a very important purpose. And that's to put this big old sail on there. And as much as we can into the paid up additions, right, or without making the boat too top heavy and all those kind of things. And thus, just like the sail picks up the wind on the sailboat and gets the boat moving quickly, the paid up additions, right, is what gets the boat or the policy, the high early cash value and helps the policy grow more over time. Mm -hmm. So what we're doing with dad and daughter is the daughter is going to try to at least cover the base premium and the little bit of premium for the term through the regular savings throughout the year, and hopefully at least the minimum of the paid up additions rider, which with the company that they're with, the minimum is $600 for the whole year. So pretty low bar for them to hit. And then the dad can just dump in anything extra into the paid up additions. But also if the daughter, let's say they're not able to get a job one semester or one summer, they have to, I don't know, there's a pandemic and they can't you know, work that summer, um, then dad's premium, what he's able to match for them, he still does. And that covers at least the base term and the minimum and the paid up additions is at least the idea there. And so far for that family, it's been working out really well. We're in the third year for the youngest daughter and gone off without a hitch. One other question is, what's dad's exit plan? Is he going to just drop them off and now they're going to go from 50-50 to 100% daughter covering this premium? Or is it going to be vested somehow? Or, you know, you can probably get as complex as you want, but what's the dad's plan to leave this to the daughter so that the daughter's run? I assume he doesn't want to fund this into his 90s. So who's going to 
take this over? And what's that transition going to be like? Yeah, I think it's what I love about this family is they're staying in really good conversation and communication about it. So he hasn't had to be heavy footed about your cutoff at this time, you know, no matter what. And it gives them a chance to decide if they want to go get a master's degree or go to law school or if they want to jump straight into their career, depending on how life takes them. And he's, you know, has his own policies he's funding. He's still doing well, but if something happened with him, they have the ability to be flexible with their funding of their own policies, those kind of things. So that's one of the beauties of the bank and yourself concept is that it's super flexible. And no matter how life takes them, as long as they're staying in good communication with each other, as long as they are trying the best that they can, I think these policies will do well for them. They're good. Yeah. Every family is going to have a different story here and a different plan. You know, many parents will cover the base required premium, and then the kids will throw in the paid up additions, which is completely optional and flexible, as you described. And then oftentimes the roles will reverse after a couple of years. Hey, kiddo. I'm going to let you cover the base. I'll throw in the um, PUAs as a Christmas gift or whatever as a birthday present. But please understand now you're responsible for the required part of this policy, the base premium. And then three or four years later, parents are saying, all right, now, kiddo, you've got your full-time job and I've got increasing health care over here at my household. So I'm going to give you the whole policy and it's yours now. And uh, welcome to adulthood and that sort of thing. That gives parents the ability and plan to leave that obligation. I always say you want to know what your exit plan is when you get into anything, even a kind gift like you're giving a kid or your own child. You should have some sort of a end to that obligation so that it's not an awkward thing when the kid finds out, whoops, I'm supposed to pay for this, dad. What? I didn't know that. No, we need to be communicating like it sounds like this family is. So that's great. I have a quick story. I'll chime in on this here. Amanda had a client that was just really loving the bank on yourself strategy. And so years ago, he started a policy on his daughter. But of course, she was young enough. She didn't really know that or understand that. And then fast forward now, she's a young adult and just getting going and getting her full-time job. And she's ready to get started with her policy, her own policy funded. And then dad just sort of drops the note that, oh yeah, kiddo, I started one of these for you and you have $84,000 of cash value that you get to add to this policy that you're about to start. And wow, what a cool jumpstart to this person's, to this young girl's life. Uh, and now what could she do with that? Could she use it for real estate? Could she use it for a down payment? Could she use it for paying off student loans or whatever else? Yeah, what a great supercharged start to your life because mom and dad had the forethought to do that. I just think that's beautiful. But what I really love about your story, Amanda, is that dad had the intention to introduce you to these three daughters of his. So I want you to just describe what is it that kids you feel like can grasp? Young adults, I should call them what they are. What can they grasp at this age that maybe is easier than some of us who might be a few years older than 18, that makes it somehow, because we've been around the sun a few more times, a little harder for us to grasp in terms of financial concepts? Um, I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast before. Part of me goes back to middle school. My parents had been fighting because my mom got into some credit card debt. And I had learned in like sixth grade how to balance a checkbook. And I was like, this is easy. And so I was like, I don't want them to fight anymore. I sat my mom down at the kitchen table and we made a strategy to get her out of credit card debt. And I sat down with her every month until that debt was gone and we paid bills together. 
And what I love about that story is that I didn't know it was supposed to be hard. Yeah. I was like, it's adding and subtracting math. Let's figure this out. And what I think a lot of these 18-year-olds that I've gotten to talk to over the last five years or so, they don't know that it's supposed to be hard yet, right? right. They're just mm-hmm. like, adulting, I got this, right? Kind of that naive egotism that I know I had when I was 17 or 18, right? Like, I know I can conquer the world. They still have that. And so it's really easy to be like, okay, now here's a little knowledge that you wouldn't have been taught in high school, right? I know you were taught maybe in sixth grade how to balance checkbook like I was, but you weren't taught this stuff. Let me give right. you this knowledge. And now let's transform your world. So good. And and there are some young adults who are still living with their parents for the time being because they're finishing up a degree or whatever. And they'll come to me and they'll say, Mark, I can throw all of my income into a policy. I make 18 grand a year at my you know part-time job at Best Buy or something like that. What do you say to that, Amanda? Should the young adult put all 18 grand, all 100% of their income into the policy at that point in their life? What do you think? I think they need to think about it carefully, have a lot of conversations with the financial ally, the financial planner on the other side, like you or me, and talk it through, talk about the pros and cons, maybe take an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper, write the pros on one side, the cons on the other, really hash it out. And I think everyone's going to come to their own conclusion from there. Um, I know rent would be about this much if I moved out. I'm going to at least set that aside, maybe save in a different way with that money. Others have said, you know, I'm planning to actually buy a home and my mortgage would be this much when I move out. So I'm only going to set that much aside. Those can be very different numbers. That might be one strategy to take. I agree. I I really have had to throttle some young adults back some from wanting to put 100% of their income in, realizing that needs are going to change and expenses are going to go up once you move out of uh, your parents' house. And you know, it's it's encouraging to me that they are wanting to be that aggressive. And believe me, they should be saving 100% of their income, just not all of it into a policy at this point, most of the time due to the factors that you said uh, just a minute ago. So as we wrap up this episode, Amanda, I want you to just sort of speak directly to the parents who might be listening to this. Why should they set up policies for their kids? Why should they not just set up the policies, but set the kids down to talk about the policies and maybe the bank on yourself concept like we've been describing. Why should they do that? And what's the first steps? Yeah, I, it goes back to the uninterrupted compound interest. I don't know how many times I've heard from old adults with more than 18 candles on their birthday cake that they wish they would have heard about this 20 or 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. What better gift can you give to a juvenile or to a young adult than the gift of uninterrupted compound interest? Like, I, I don't know a better gift. <laughs> and so think about that. And then the interesting thing is that it works the same way as introducing this concept to anyone else, an aging parent, a brother, a sister, a coworker. You just say, hey, I heard about this or, you know, I'm using this intriguing concept that I've found really interesting and fascinating. Would you like to hear about it? Are you open to hearing about it? Let's grab some lunch, have some coffee. Can I give you a book? Would you read it? Those kind of questions to see how open they are to it. They show interest and they're open to it. Then just start the conversations, get them a book, um, and then give them Mark's phone number, give them my phone number, send them to our websites, help them schedule a call with us. 
we'd love to meet them, talk to them. And what I promise every client I talk with is, you know, they're going to get the same white glove treatment that you got. Love it. And you said website and phone call. So how can folks find you, Amanda, and uh, reach out to meet up with you? Yeah. So our website is wealthwisdomsp.com. That's wealthwisdom, F as in financial and P as in partners.com. And maybe you've got a daughter or maybe it's a son. You can also schedule with my husband, Brandon, there. He loves doing this kind of thing too. And for those that want to just jump just straight to phone call, it's 513-447-6501. Love it. And thank you for being willing to share that too, Amanda. Thank you for all you do in helping change and shape the future of multiple generations. My pleasure. It's the most fulfilling work I can think of. Hey, Amanda, thank you so much for coming on our show today. Such a great interview and great conversation. As always, I love spending time with you. Here are a couple of action steps, action items that parents might want to take in starting policies on their kids after this episode. So don't let this episode end without deciding how you're going to take action. And that's actually the first takeaway I have. Decide how much you want to contribute to your child's policy and how often. You can choose to pay just the base premium, the paid up additions rider, or both. You can also decide whether you want to pay monthly, quarterly, annually. Many parents decide to fully fund the policy in the first few years or over time begin to give the child the opportunity to also contribute to the policy as well. Second takeaway I had, talk to your kiddo about the benefits of banking on yourself and how it could help them achieve their financial goals. Explain that this policy is something very unique, very special, and tell them a bit about how it works. You can even send them this episode if you want to. Show them how they can access the money in the policy how they can use it for various purposes. Also, you can spend time talking to your kid about this podcast episode or the Bank on Yourself Revolution book or the website for more information. And lastly, contact Amanda Neely. You can go to wealthwisdomfp.com and Amanda can help you design a customized policy that'll suit your child's age, health, financial situation, and also guide you through the application process, answer questions you have. She's very clear. She loves to communicate clearly what exactly is going to happen next. And once that policy is approved on your kiddo, you can decide whether you want to transfer the ownership of the policy from you to your child or maybe keep it under your name for a long time. You can decide whether you want to be the beneficiary of the policy or let the child choose who's going to be the beneficiary. And you can always change your mind on this at any time in the future. So keep that in mind. One of the most important things you can do is sit down regularly with your child to look over how the policy is doing, talk about it with them, use some of the tools that we offer our clients, such as the Bank on Yourself budgeting tool, and so much more. There's so much you can discuss, and I encourage you to involve your child or children in this adventure of a lifetime, which really does span multiple generations. So again, thank you, Amanda, and thank you, everyone, for listening in on this week's episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think and live differently with your money, your kids, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.